0: Welcome to the Strong Families podcast, where we believe that strong families connect to Jesus, connect to each other, to a faith community, and to their mission and purpose. Strong families, today we're going to talk about enemies. Dun, dun, <laughs> My very first enemy was named Tara. For as long as I live, I will never forget her face. She was big and mean and scary with crazy red hair and angry eyes, as I remember it, in the loudest voice. Tara was a bully. She was in eighth grade when I was in kindergarten and she would chase me around the playground, tormenting and taunting me. Hiding behind some rocks in a clump of bushes, hoping that Tara wouldn't find me, is one of my earliest elementary school memories. Isn't that sad? Tara found me on my second or third day of school, playing on the playground with a little boy named Matthew, who's still my friend today. But from that moment on, Tara decided to make me the target of all of our shared recess time, chasing me and teasing me endlessly with chants of, Melissa loves Matthew, Melissa loves Matthew. She started and spread a rumor around the whole entire school that said that she caught me and Matthew kissing under the slides together. Maybe it was in the tunnel. I think it was in the tunnel. I don't know if you realize yet or if you remember what it feels like to be in kindergarten. But listen, trust me, this is not a rumor that you want the whole school spreading about you when you're five years old and brand new. I hated Tara. I used to wish that something bad would happen to her so she would just leave me alone. Like maybe she'd break her leg and she couldn't chase me. I know that's so terrible, but I really wanted it. I used to celebrate and rejoice in deep relief when she was sick or absent from school. And let me tell you this, the day she graduated from eighth grade was the happiest day of my whole kindergarten year because suddenly my enemy was gone, leaving for good. It's nice when our enemies graduate and go away, isn't it? Or when people who are mean to us just stop or change for the better. But what do we do when our enemies are people that we're stuck with? What happens when someone mean or hurtful just doesn't seem to ever go away or give us a break? What is the right thing for us to do? Strong families, do you have an enemy? Is there someone who's just really difficult for you to deal with right now? Stop and tell your family about someone in your life who makes things hurtful or hard. If you don't have someone right now, talk about someone from the past who really, really felt like an enemy. Jesus talks about what to do with our enemies in the very last verses of Matthew 5. You can look it up in your own Bibles while I tell you just a few things about it before we read. So, first of all, Let's define who enemies are. In this text, an enemy is someone who's harmed you, who's hurt you, maybe who's betrayed you, or just someone who doesn't want good things for you. Someone who is against you. Intrinsic to the word is that they're not for you, they're against you. Okay, there's some other people that the text is going to talk about too. It's going to talk about tax collectors. You need to know that these were the bad guys of Jesus's day. Tax collectors were hired by the Romans to charge the Roman tax, but they could actually charge whatever they wanted. So they could charge the tax and then they could charge like a whole bunch of extra money that they would just keep for themselves. And this was a big temptation and a lot of times they would get greedy and they would charge a whole bunch of extra money. And they would keep it, and people hated them. Tax collectors were everybody's enemy, and it's also going to talk about pagans. These are non-believers, people who don't worship with the Jewish faith, or people who don't worship any god at all. These were also people that were looked down on at Jesus's time. Okay, the text is going to send about God sending sun. The text is going to talk about God sending sun and rain. And this, this is going to mean that he loves and he provides for everyone. Like he, this is symbolic of how he cares for everybody because sun and rain, the ability to live and be warm and rain to grow food and survive. This God makes it possible for people to survive. And the last thing I want you to know is that this verse talks about how Jesus followers are supposed to be different from other people. How, how are we supposed to be different? We're not different in the fact that we don't magically have enemies. We, we have enemies just like everyone else has enemies. But how are Jesus followers supposed to treat their enemies differently? Try to listen as we read. Okay, I'm in Matthew 5, and it starts in verse 43. <clears throat> Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your neighbor enemies, what a crazy thing to say, and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, What are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. All right, there's a couple more things I need to tell you about this verse now that we've read it together before you discuss it with your families. The verse says that you are supposed to love your enemies, which is a really hard thing to do, so that you may be children of your heavenly Father. This doesn't mean that your enemy might become a child of the heavenly father we might not be able to change bad people into good people but the praying for them is about us it's about who we are praying for our enemies changes us it gives us a really special identity i'm a child of the heavenly father and because that's who i am this is what i do i pray for people even hard people I pray because of who I am, not because of who they are. That's a pretty big idea, right? Okay, another thing is that I once heard a pastor preach a sermon on this text, and it was called, How to Destroy Your Enemies. And I was kind of hoping it would actually be about how to destroy your enemies, but it was actually about how when you pray for your enemy, they don't stay your enemy. Something happens inside your heart, and you're mysteriously able to love them or care about them, this means that they're not your enemies if anymore if you care about them. So I guess it kind of does destroy the enemy, but only by turning them back into a person to us. The last thing that I want to tell you about is that the text says to be perfect. That's a really big word. Let me explain this to you. It doesn't mean that we stopped sinning and we never sin again, and we never feel angry or hateful again. It's not that kind of perfect. In the context of this text. Jesus means to be perfect in love, like God is perfect in love. And the text describes how God is perfect in love. It says that God is perfect in love in that he doesn't discriminate. He gives love to the good people and the bad people. He doesn't just love people who are earned it or deserve it. He doesn't just give sun and rain to those who deserve it. He loves everyone all the time, no matter what. So even though this doesn't mean to like be totally perfect, this still seems like a challenge to us, right? Well, it is. That's why we need God's help. We cannot grow love in our hearts for hard people on our own. But you know what? I think that this is one of the greatest bits of evidence for me that God really does exist. The fact that that he can actually grow love in my heart for someone mean when I ask him to, I mean, wow, that shows me that there's someone out there bigger than my heart and my feelings. Okay, that's the end of our study, and now it's time for our questions. Here's the questions for tonight. Which part of all this talk or which part of this verse stands out to you? Do you remember it? Share that part that just sort of stuck in your mind or that part that really stood out to you or impressed you or made you think. Share that with your family. And then next, talk about why the Holy Spirit might have wanted this scripture or thought to stand out to you. What do you think he's trying to teach you? Why this? Why today? What might Jesus want you to know, trust, and believe? When you're done talking about these questions with your family, I want you to end by praying. Yeah, you knew this was coming. Pray for those enemies. Pray for those hard people. Pray for those people who are mean or really difficult. I know it feels weird and and sometimes it's hard to even really mean it. But Jesus tells us to do it, and strong families, I trust him. So let's do it, because who knows what can happen when we decide to do things God's way. Good luck, strong families, as we all try together to learn to love our enemies.